Oh, it's got that new computer smell and everything. I love it. Mm, smells like mm. hell. Yes. <laughs> it smells like that what I imagine. reminds me of Christine. <laughs> it's, it smells like what I imagine Ziggy <laughs> smells like from Quantum Leap, you know. <laughs> Thank you for laughing at that, X. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was for me. <laughs> Merry Christmas and all that good shit for the Sin Beef Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Gary Hill, and with me, uh, wearing red underwear, I'm sure, right now to turn you guys all on, is Mr. Jeffrey X. Martin. How you doing, sir? How did you know? I've seen the pictures, man. I, gotta, I, haven't, sh- I haven't shared them online or anything, but you know. My, my, my tassels right now are on point. Nice. <laughs> I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> And with us, as per usual, uh, that lady from Michigan, <laughs> by way of Georgia, uh, Miss Jamie Sammons, how are you? I am doing well. How are you? I am fine. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you very much. This is, a, this is a good time to be spending it, too, with you guys, so I'm happy about that. And with us, from the Great White North, he is a massive tall man who has a show called Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man, and No Budget Nightmares. Mr. Doug Tilly, how you doing, sir? Doing very well, Gary Hill. You know, this is our first recording together since we met in person. How exciting. Only a few days away from Christmas and on your birthday. It's like all the stars are aligning. Yeah. Oh, shit. Here comes Cthulhu. <laughs> Cthulhu or possible <laughs> meteor showers, you know? Well, it's good stuff, man. How are you, Doug? Doing really well, yeah. You know what? Uh, I know that some people have trouble with this time of the year, and I, I really do feel a lot of sympathy for them. But not me, man. I love it. And I almost love it as much as the uh, the director we're going to be talking about today. Cool. Uh, it's been a while, Doug, since, uh, probably since you just had the one show. But mm. tell the, the, the other folks about what you do on the interwebs and put out there, man. Well, I have a show about micro-budget and ultra-low-budget cinema called No Budget Nightmares. You can find it at nobudgetpodcast.com. And, of course, Eric Roberts is the fucking man. It's uh, a podcast about the life and work of actor Eric Roberts. And uh, I mentioned just a moment ago that Gary and I met in person, and that was at our live recording in Chicago, Illinois, where uh, my co-host Liam and I interviewed Eric Roberts at the Music Box Theater. And it was a mind-blowing, very confusing, and life-changing experience for me. And my, my only regret is he didn't do a Q&A afterwards, and I, I, can, I, can, I couldn't tell him that his daughter had that rusting bitch face down, <laughs> even at an early early age. Well, I can tell I, you, they did offer us the ability to do a Q&A, Gary, and you know what my response was? Fuck <laughs> that. Q&As are always terrible. Because <laughs> I was watching Blow, and she was like six years old in Blow, and she had that, that rusting bitch face when you know she was so disappointed in her 
her coke dealer father. You know, I was like, I'm, oh, I'm, ben. I have to say, I'm sad that we didn't get a chance for you to see Eric Roberts' reaction to you talking about his six year old daughter's it's, bitch face. It's not an insult. It's a, it's a quality. <laughs> you know, it's, it's such a young actress could pull that off so well. You know. Well, I, I, to be honest, I don't know much about Emma Roberts simply because I have a podcast about Eric Roberts, not Emma Roberts. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll make a podcast called Emma Roberts is my favorite Chanel. And there just you go. do all my Emma Roberts stuff, okay, all day long. Just talk about Nancy Drew for two hours. You know? <laughs> Did he talk about his cry face? His, his, his best of the best cry face. Yeah, his cry face is legendary. <laughs> Nobody oh. cries like Eric Roberts. It's true. It's true. I mean, again, it, it, it's uh, unfortunate that we only had the time that we had, though. Uh, again, I'm not going to knock it. <laughs> I think we tried to make the most of the, the minutes we had by wasting it on questions about things that nobody cared about except for Liam and I. Well, here's the question, <laughs> the, the immoral question. And that I, I had I had a, was thinking the inkling about this. Did you and Liam smoke weed with Eric Roberts? Now, you know, that's a great question. Now, a Gary Hill, uh, Liam O'Donnell, my co-host, is. A uh, is straight edge. He's a punk, you see. And as a straight edge gentleman, he uh, he neither partakes in uh, marijuana nor alcohol or really any drugs at all. Poor guy. Uh, and though I the opportunity did present itself, no, I did not. I did eat dessert with him, so that's something. But uh, as you uh, as listeners of Eric Roberts, the fucking man, might have heard uh, on our Scott Weinberg episode, Scott did go and smoke weed with Eric Roberts. So he's got the experience for all of us, I suppose. Nice. Oh my god! But uh, I'm gonna start the show the same way we always start the show, and uh, I'll ask our guest Doug what you've been watching, sir. Oh boy, uh, I've been recording a lot lately, trying to gear up before the holiday season. Uh, so I watched uh, David Dakota's uh, made-for-TV romantic comedy classic, A Husband for Christmas, starring Vivica A. Fox, and also. Eric Roberts is in it, as you can imagine, uh, which was. Um, you know what? I'm in the spirit of the season, so I had a good time with it. But I, I'm not, I'm going to hold off on what my uh, guest and co-host thought of that movie for the next episode of Eric Roberts is the fucking man. And we also uh, recorded the Theme Warriors podcast somewhat recently, where we watched some international Christmas-themed movies. Jeffrey X. Martin, of course, was on that as well. I think it actually is out uh, at the time of this recording, uh, just out. And uh, we talked about uh, Saint Nick, uh, aka Sint, Dick Moss's um, uh, Amsterdam set a uh, horror movie about a killer Santa Claus. Uh, we, uh, watched Ra- we watched I Rare I love X. that movie. Yeah, uh, you know what? I had a good time with it. I think that uh, uh, Jeffrey X. Martin did not enjoy uh. it quite as much as the rest of it. <laughs> well, thank you, Doug. I'm, I'm glad to hear that because I, up until just vi- this very moment, I firmly believed I was the only person in the world who really loved that movie. You know what? We had a and, good time. It's violent. It's fun. You know, it's a slasher yeah. movie. It's not my favorite genre, but I'll tell you, it, it delivers what I wanted it to deliver. That said, we did watch it after Rare Exports, which does a similar kind of thing, I think, a little bit better. Yeah, and um, I just watched Rare Exports for the first time. So, Santa dicks cool. everywhere. <laughs> but um, yeah, Dick Moss um, is interestingly one of my favorite directors, and um, and Hugh Hugh Stoppel. <laughs> Thank you. Stoppel. I probably just murdered the fuck out of his name, but um, he was also in that. He's in most Dick Moss films, mm. and uh, I just uh, I didn't realize it until this past year that. All these films that I happen to like were made by the same guy and starred the same guy. And I was like, what the hell? How did I not notice this before? But 
Um, also the director of Amsterdam. Amsterdam, which so I love. Oh, man, Amsterdam, that scene with the bridge and the kit and like the, the boat going under the bridge with the body hanging and then it just that dead body just dragging across the heads of the kids and the kids. I mean, that is <laughs> fucking classic. I, <laughs> I love it. So, well, yeah. let's talk about Germany and, and Sanadix, especially the Sanadix. Anything that gets funny that Jamie said dick mas, and mas means more in Spanish. So she's just <laughs> saying more dicks, Sanadix. You know, you know when, you, when you said, when Brian made that post about watching Rare Exports, and you said so much Santa Dong, I was like, really? I don't, huh, okay. <laughs> You're like, there it like, is. How's that gonna like? I was like, how's that gonna factor in? That's interesting. And then we get to the end, and I was like, oh, that's what he meant. <laughs> Stocking stuffers. <laughs> uh, we also just to finish that off for theme warriors. We we also watched two non horror uh, Christmas themed movies: um, the, the Merry Christmas, uh, Mr. Lawrence, as well as Mon Uncle Antoine, the uh, Canadian coming of age classic, which I'm sure nobody listening to this has ever heard of. But hey, you, I got a you know bat for the home team here: Canadian content. Cool, Jamie. Uh, well, rare exports, as I mentioned, uh, we just got finished right before it was time to record. We just got finished with our yearly viewing of Silent Night, Deadly Night. And uh, let's see, what else have I been doing? Um, we did, oh, lots of TV. We had to cram in a bunch of TV because uh, evil episodes came back after our um, we had a short hiatus waiting for The Walking Dead to, to come to its season Mid-season finale, so we then had to cram in a whole bunch of TV after that so to get that watched. So that episode is out. It just came out yesterday, I think. So um, if you want to know what we watched for that, then there it is. Uh, for um, We had our P movies that we watched for, I can't remember if we've recorded here since I did this. but Like Jamie Newell's movies? For, um, <laughs> <laughs> for, um, Mm-hmm. Um, Usher movie. Over. Wait, was it? Who was it? Who was it that peed on the girl? Not Usher. Uh, R. R. Kelly. R. Kelly. Yeah, <laughs> it, it fucked up my own joke. It was. Yeah, he's he's, a, he, he's ours, unfortunately. He's a Chicago guy, so you know. <laughs> um, we watched uh, our P movies. Were one of them was Christmas, or was a Christmas film? It was P two, and then uh, the other two were. Two movies that I can't remember what they were. <laughs> one of them was Pin. I remember one of them was Pin. Oh, Pin. Yes. Um, Pin was Dave's. P2 was mine. Oh, and Pontypool was Brian's choice. So that show will be coming out probably um, early next week. And uh, uh, what else did we want? I feel like there's something big. And um, Well, we have been trying to squeeze in some... Um, some 2017 movies before we get to the end of the year so we can do our top tens. And so we're trying to squeeze in the ones that we haven't seen yet. I did do a review. I, I did a guest spot on bloody bits for Jason and I was assigned to review the film K shop, which is a British film by Dan Pringle. That is sort of like, well, it's his version of a Sweeney Todd story where uh, there's this guy, Sala who, is a college student and his dad owns a kebab shop in Bournemouth, England. And which I, and I said this in my review, but it appears that this place is entirely populated by soccer hooligans. 
because it's just nothing but drunk, rowdy people everywhere all the time. It's like Mardi Gras all the time. And um, his dad gets killed in an altercation or dies after an altercation with an angry, drunk customer. So then Sala ends up having to take over the shop. And then he ends up delivering some swift justice kind of Dexter Sweeney Todd style on the local inhabitants. And basically it's cannibal movie, but, um, <laughs> but uh, it's, you know, I wasn't expecting it to be all that good. Cause typically this VOD fair that we're given to review for <laughs> there, it's not always very good. This was not bad. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it was, it was a little bit muddled, but uh, in what it was, I think it tried to do too much, but um, it did have some nice commentary on race and integration in England, which is something that, you know, we don't really hear about much over here because we have our own issues that we're steeped in all the time. And it's, it, it's interesting to see, you know, well, things that other countries are going through. And so you have these really horrible characters that live in this area who are just, I mean, just detestable to the point where he's like, when he's wanting to turn them into kebabs, you really just don't feel that bad for them because they're just racist assholes. And you're like, okay, go. Um, but, you know, it was uh, shot well. It looked great. It was acted well. And it had good music. I was impressed. So, you know, I, I recommend that film. Why not? You know, oh, at, at any point, did somebody, you know, give a monkey some poisonous fruit in this, in this movie? <laughs> no, different Sala. <laughs> of the sea. <laughs> Bad dates. Bad dates. Yes, <laughs> I had to say something. All this talk of Sala, you know, kebabs and such. You know. Yeah, and I don't think this Sala had like 27 kids either. Well, he had a lot of babies in Sala. <laughs> he was fucking all the time. That's for another show, though. X, what about you, sir? Believe it or not, I've been in this weird YouTube rabbit hole. And it started with a great British baking show, which is just fucking adorable because it's not the horrible, shitty American cooking show. Are you um, all caught up on that, Jeff? Um, no, I'm not to the Noel Fielding episodes yet. Oh, okay. Well, I will not give away anything. Then. <laughs> okay. And, and, and really, that's my point, because I just wanted to see what Mary Berry looked like when she was younger. So, of course, you know, YouTube does not fail. So I've been watching Mary Berry from back in 1975 cooking on a British afternoon television show called, you know, remarkably, Good Afternoon. And here's what's hilarious. She makes the most horrid shit. <laughs> one segment was called omelet and salad and she had a pan and it was just bacon and tomatoes and potatoes and onions just whatever just shit from the from the crisper drawer in the fridge all in a pan <laughs> and then she just whisks up six eggs and pours it into the pan and she's like oh you don't flip it you just cook it and then divide it up into four pieces that is not an omelet that is just scrambled eggs with shit in it <laughs> and then she she's like, well, I'm going, to go, I'm going to make a salad. And her salad was literally shredded carrots, mayonnaise, and two tablespoons of, like, French dressing. What? Just the pastiest, palest crap you can imagine. So, I, what, <laughs> why is she famous? 
Her desserts. That's what she's said. <laughs> because this other stuff I've been watching her cook is just fucking awful. So anyway, there you go. I've been watching Young Mary Berry and other British cooking shows from the 70s. Oh, oh shit. If you get the chance, check out anything you can find by a woman named Fanny Craddock. Especially the episode where she makes Christmas pudding. What a fucking riot. Cootie thought she was a drag queen at first. Nope. Just weird. Just some wonderful, weird shit right there on YouTube for everybody to enjoy and potentially be frightened by. Cool. Anything else, sir? Nope. Just Mary Berry. <laughs> nope. Just Mary Berry. Making disgusting food, apparently. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, me, myself, um, what did I watch? I was, I'm was. i always terrible. I didn't watch a whole lot because I was busy, like, all this week doing People helping out people, and I was say doing people, but that'd be even more time consuming than that, you know. But uh, <laughs> happy birthday to me, right? Yeah. Yes. But, <laughs> but I watched Female Trouble all the way for the first time. I only watched part of Female Trouble before, but I, I continued to watch it. And I think that one's the most divine movie that I've ever seen. Most divine, divinest, because it pretty much summed up, even in the end, you know, what she was all about. That she would gladly take the electric chair and, and murder a bunch of people just to get fame. And I don't think the real Divine was like that. I've watched that documentary before, but the character is uh, insane. Don Davenport and uh Christmas movie. Yeah. Cha-Cha Heels. We'll do it next year, guys. It's going to be a lot of fun, I'm sure. You know? you know, if you just watch part of Female Trouble, it's only female mischief. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> oh, what else? I watched some of some, that. Some, I watched... Christmas Vacation, that's out there. Everybody, everybody's seen that, you know, because that's always a, a good watch. Um, I watched Jersey Boys because X challenged me. And I said, I'm going to watch Jersey Boys anyway. <laughs> just, challenge you. Challenge. You're like, hey, now I see your love for Jersey Boys. Yep, I'm going to watch it again. Because I'm challenge if you've already seen it. <laughs> challenge, man. Challenge, challenge me again. Challenge me again, son. Ugh. I took my mother to see Jersey Boys in the theater uh, because she loves musicals, and and I thought that she would enjoy it. But I'll tell you what, uh, she did. I didn't. <laughs> my only regret is that they they ended with "Oh, what a night," because that's not a Frankie Valli Four Seasons song. That's a Frankie Valli song all day long, and uh, that's that's well, fine. Well, Whatever. I'll get you Clint Eastwood's address, and you can write him a note telling him. Oh, I'm going to. I will. <laughs> By the way, I'll watch Josie Wales. Top five movies of all time, buddy. Thank you. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch much else. But, you know, I, I can watch out Love Josie Wales right now. But if I I make a podcast recommendation right now because I didn't watch much, but I listened to a whole bunch of shit. If you guys don't listen to do Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum, he's a, it's an interview show with the guy that played Lex Luthor in Smallville. Right. And he gets, gets all his friends to come in the studio. Well, he did a two-part interview with Michael Rooker. And if you guys don't like, I'm sure you guys like him, but if you ever met him before, you really get a, a an insight about how cool he truly is on the, that interview. So I'd say check that out, and uh, it's good stuff, you know. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna move past on that and uh, move into our our segment of, of of segments: the beef bitches and mashed potatoes. Okay, who gets the burly uh, beef? I ordered barbecue beef. I think that's mine, but I didn't who order gets fries. The barbecue beef? Mine's the Duke Deluxe. Okay, who gets the burly beef? I heard that. 
Doug, what's pissing you off, sir? Oh, how could anything piss me off at this time of year? The most holiest time of year. Oh, wait. No, I remembered we're in 2017 and everything's garbage. <laughs> um, I mean, are we looking for something specific, say? In, no, in- anything. Oh, really? Well, maybe your yes. awful president who continues to piss me off every goddamn day. And probably anyone of sense is pissed off regularly by that brain jackass of a garbage human every single day as well. Uh, and today, oh, yeah, let's add uh, Max Landis to the list. Uh, I mean, his downfall is coming probably within the next couple of weeks anyway. Um, and uh, so fuck him and uh, fuck anyone who abuses women or uses their position of power to uh, lord their their wishes over others. What did Max do? I missed it. Uh, he's been accused of, uh, well, I look, I, it, because it's coming out today, I don't want to get into uh, okay. t- substantial details. That's but fair. there's there's already been some tweets from this morning from people who've worked with him in the past who said that he's been incredibly inappropriate. Wow. Okay. Gropage. Speaking of groping, Jammins, what you got, babe? Uh, you know, I, I really don't have anything. I'm not, I, I, I'm pretty good right now. I am. I, yeah. I mean, it's almost Christmas. I'm pretty happy. I'm just sort of. I got two days off coming up. <laughs> yeah. Well, in a in a row. In a um, row. And uh, that's exciting. Um, then I have to work Christmas, but I have the day after Christmas off. So, you know, I'm I'm kind of. I don't know. I'm just. A, I'm in a good place. So, I'm gonna let it ride. Beautiful. Because that never happens. <laughs> Jeff Max, what do you think, sir? Nothing real huge. I will say this, though. I don't like the latest Skype update. Um, <laughs> I think that it sucks up more bandwidth while somehow managing to decrease the quality of the calls. I've had to slice and dice some shows together recently. We're just giant hunks of data we're just missing. So, I don't know. Maybe it's something I'm doing wrong, but I have heard other podcasters complain about it, too. So oh, The Basil's having problems, I know. And Baz is having problems. Yeah, Duncan was having problems. So I realize Skype's a necessary evil, but I don't like it. It, it, connects, us all to, it connects us all together, though, man. It's, it's good stuff. You oh, know. Yeah, when it fucking works. <laughs> when it wants to work. Yes, indeed. Oh, my God. Me, myself. Yeah, it's just the holidays in general. I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of them. <laughs> Except for, hey, I'm going to buy the little ones some stuff. And I'll buy my my friend some stuff. It's in the mail, by the way, guys. I'm just letting you know it now. It's it's, it's coming your way. But uh, <laughs> and I feel good about that. Besides that, it's like yeah, you know. I think it's those people that that start celebrating in September that ruined it for me. Just just, like, just stop it, you know. I'll say Merry Christmas until 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 till next September, and then we start all over again, jackasses. Like no, you guys can start, you know, no- November if you guys want to. November fifteenth would be a good date. You guys just start ramming Christmas down my throat, but uh, that, that's just that's just my that's just me. You know, people like that Yuletide shit. You know, <laughs> but there's got to be a certain point. Where you got to say it's it's a little early to, to be doing all this action, and uh, let's just let's, let's uh let's make that our New Year's resolution. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get my driver's license. I go visit some of these lovely folks more and more. You guys stop celebrating Christmas so fucking early, all right? Hmm. Okay. Sort of the same page, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, tonight we're going to be your traditional holiday fair. We picked well, I I programmed this show, I guess. <laughs> three, three, um, Shane Black. Well, two Shane Black written and directed films in one Shane Black written film. 
because uh, Shane Black loves Christmas and he he has he a lot of films take place around Christmas and uh, so this t- episode is entitled "I'm Bleeding for a Black Christmas" and that's that's just fine. We're gonna get into our first feature, "The Long Kiss Goodnight." Right after this, once there was a show called the Not So Evil Episode Sidecast. It was a long name, bad name. No one could ever remember it. They released 25 episodes of brilliant film criticism. And like that, he's gone. Now, six months later, we're back. I didn't know we were gone. We've got a brand new name, new movies to review, but the same old attitude. Foul language and obscure references? Count me in. Each episode, we pick a topic, watch four movies related to that topic, then bicker amongst ourselves to decide which film is the best. We're the theme warriors! Join Iris, Jeffrey X. Martin, Doug Tilly, and myself for Theme Theme Warriors. Warriors. Four people, four movies, one dynamite show. Catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, and the Horophilia Network of Podcasts, as well as the Legion Podcast Network. That's the Theme Warriors. Don't want to sleep no more. Who are you people? Hello, girls. Caitlin, come help me in the kitchen. Hurry up, because I forget where it is. That's her mom. She's got amnesia. (laughs) What if you couldn't remember your real name, your first kiss, or your last goodbye? And then suddenly, without warning, all your memories Name's Charlie. I'm back. came flooding back to you. All time. One bullet at a time. We got movement on Samantha Kane. Good. I may have a lead on someone, they still have some of her stuff. <gasps> this man is going to help me find some things out, so we'll be safe. Your full name is Charlene Elizabeth Baltimore. This could be trouble. My name is Samantha Kane. No, 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 forget all that. I'm in the GTA. Then quit. They're an assassin working for the United States government. We have 24 hours. We find her and we kill her. Baltimore's alive, sir. Who are you? Name's Charlie. The spy. Back when we first met, you were all like, oh, fool, I burned the darn muffins. Now, he's going to a bar. Ten minutes later, sailors come running out. What up with that? On October 11th. Honk if there's any trouble. Yeah, so Miss Daisy, I'd be honking. If you have plans for a calm, quiet evening. Come here, yes. Hey, should we get a dog? It's time to kiss them all. Good night. I love you. Gina Davis, Samuel L. Jackson, The Long Kiss. Good night. Directed by Rennie Harlan. Long Kiss Goodnight from 1996. I was 15 years old. Beautiful. That's a good time. And the plot synopsis is this. A woman suffering from amnesia begins to recover her memories after trouble from her past finds her again. That's a great look at Assassin, too. 
It stars uh, Sheena Davis <laughs> as your. Uh, I'm just going to call her Charlie Baltimore because I want to. How about that? You know, because <laughs> the other one's kind of lame. Ah, <laughs> uh, Samuel Jackson as Mitch Hennessy. Craig Bierko as Timothy. I like that guy. Brian Cox, Mr. Wally. I love that shit, man. David Morse. Oh, yeah, there's, there's some good folks in this movie. But I'm going to kick it to Jamie and ask her what she thought about it. Woohoo! I love this movie so much I can't even. I can't even. This, I've seen it so many times. I pretty much know it beginning to end. I have so many favorite parts from the part where I can't even. I mean, there's just so many that I can't even narrow it down. But this just from the beginning where she... Tells her, <laughs> tells the drunk uncle that he should just have a, a little speech bubble with a hick coming out of his mouth. <laughs> first, that cracks me up. To like where she's ripping the 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 thing off of Samuel Jackson. To um, where oh, and then where he says, and she's like, you know, one two, and then she rips, and then she's like, you know, the thing about you know taking your virginity. He goes, no, it's just. I usually suck him on the jaw and yell, Pop goes the weasel. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That just kills me. This was my first uh, film seeing Craig Bierko, and I just thought he was a doll. I mean, he's an ass, but oh, he's just a doll in this. Gina Davis is so badass in, badass in this movie. I can't. I, oh my. I, it's. Uh, I mean, I'm, all I'm going to do is gush. I can't do anything but gush about this film. This is one of the, when I got my DVD player, this was the second movie that I bought on on DVD. And I sat down immediately and watched every inch of the special features beginning to end. Just um, because, and then I watched, so I watched the movie. I watched the movie with the commentary. I watched all the other special features and then um, I probably went back and watched it again. Part of that was that I just loved using the DVD technology, but um, part of that was because I was so in love with this movie. Um, I even remember, okay, when I first bought this movie, it came in one of those crappy cardboard DVD cases, you know, that, um, well, they're crappy and they're cardboard. You know, that, so when I got it, I loved it so much that I got one of those. This is so long ago. I got one of those AOL. <laughs> we're sending you this disc, you know, randomly that you don't want in the mail. You know, you, it, in the case. And you had those laying around your house all the time. Or at least I did because they came every second. I took one of those cases. I cut out the cardboard case for this movie and I fitted it down into that case very lovingly because I wanted it. I felt like it deserved better than it got. And, (laughs) um, you know, I also, um, you know, I, I submit to you that it's either there to stay or gone for good. Another one of my favorite lines from this film. (laughs) I'm done. I got. I mean, I got. <laughs> there's not going to be anything bad. I can't. I got nothing bad. Not even a little bit. <laughs> All right. Well, that was the well. podcast. <laughs> All right. I don't know where Gary went. That's fine. So we'll just kick it over to Doug. Doug, what did <laughs> oh, you Oh, is think? that what happened? Okay. I thought, <laughs> yeah. That's all right. Like, did I just done everyone with that? <laughs> What's we can't believe you liked that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all just sitting in odd just, silence. Just, 
<sighs> we thought we knew you. No. Jeff, do you want to, do you want to do that kick over to me again? It's just it'll be a little cleaner then. Absolutely. Let's kick it over to Doug. Doug, I, well, maybe if I can say your fucking name and not say Duck, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Three, two, one, Mark. Well, let's kick it over to Doug Tilly. Doug, what did you think of the long kiss? Good night. Uh, I think uh, I may have mentioned this before we started recording, but this is my first time watching it since the 1990s. I had very little memory of it. It's, it's strange because I'm a huge Shane Black fan. So this being, you know, sort of the movie that that got him out of Hollywood for a long time because um, because he got paid so much for it and it ended up kind of ruining him for a bit because the movie didn't do so well. But it really is a Shane Black script. I mean, you can see the kind of Black isms uh, all throughout it that, that you would see in something uh, – you know, like the last Boy Scout or something like that. It feels a lot like that kind of um, like the script of the last Boy Scout in that, you know, the big action scenes interspersed with a lot of really fun interplay and a lot of memorable quotes. I will say the only thing I don't really like about the long kiss goodnight, there's a, you know, I got nitpicky stuff here and there, but the thing I don't like about it is the Alan Silvestri score, which I think, you know, he's such a great composer, but here it just seems so overpowering and so Hollywood. And uh, especially, I think, after watching the other two movies we're going to talk about today, which are a little bit more restrained and less bombastic. And though this, the whole uh, scenario in here is a little bit more over the top and fun uh, and action-y with big explosions and things like that, it just felt like it was, especially the the more uh, sedate and um, the scenes where, where, where it has like Gina Davis and her daughter and things like that it just felt a little overpowering and Sylvester I think works best when he, when he is trying to be so bombastic and in your face that you never stop noticing the score but I mean that's really just a quibble of a movie that has a lot of really great action sequences a lot of great interplay it reminded me that you know Randy Harlan used to be a really good director um, and could uh, and, and though I actually prefer Shane Black's directorial style for his own work it also reminds Reminded me that Shane Black used to be the master of this this kind of writing. Uh, I also want to say that Gina Davis has been really mistreated by Hollywood. She deserves so much better. She is a really great actress. She's also an incredibly talented person uh, in general. You know, she's like a like a world class uh, archer. Is that what how you say it? Uh, she, she's really great at archery. I, I meant to say, uh, almost almost Olympic uh, worthy. I did know she, uh, that. Yeah, I mean, amazing, right? What an amazing woman she is. Uh, but uh, you know, she's she, and I know that I'm sure. It, if you're watching The Exorcist on TV, which I heard is better than one might think that I haven't watched it myself, that she still, you know, gets work and things like that. But, you know, she deserved better than we gave her. I wish she could have gotten a long action career after the long kiss goodnight. And, of course, Samuel L. Jackson is as good as he ever is, which means great. So, yeah, no long kiss goodnight. Uh, I will say, and not to give away too much uh, about what we're going to be talking about next, of these three movies, this is my least favorite of all three. And I still love it. So this was a good uh, a triple feature for me. Excellent. Gary, are you back? She also does a hell of a flipper impression, by the way. Jesus. Which I saw her do on Arsenio Hall. Um, (laughs) That'll tell you how long ago that was, too. And uh, I did remember something bad about this movie, though. I hate that kid. That kid. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all she does is whine. And she she gets in stupid places. It's like, if you're going to hide, don't hide there, you dumbass. <laughs> I I am back. Yes, I'm sorry. I had to run really fast somewhere. So behind the scenes stuff, guys. That's okay. <laughs> you go X. Go ahead, sir. If you didn't go yet. All right. Um. Why does anybody hire David Morse anymore? I mean, he's made a career out of being the bad guy that you don't think is the bad guy, <laughs> but you know he's the bad guy. It's like, oh, this is a pretty farm. You have horses. You must be a fucking arms dealer. 
in contact, he was just he was an alien dad. So you're a little <laughs> off there, Jeff. <laughs> but in Twelve Monkeys, he killed all of us. So. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, I yeah, I like this movie an awful lot. I think it's rare to find a movie where someone curses less than Samuel L. Jackson. I mean, more than Samuel L. Jackson. But here it is. This is probably one of only two movies that I like Gina Davis in. Oh. I know. Controversial. Yeah. Is Cutthroat Island the other one? It, you know, you would think, but unfortunately... I got, I got a bit of a hard arm for that movie, though. That's eh, the fly. I like her in this. I, I know it is. Fly. What about Quick Change, Jeff? Um, yeah, you, you mean now there's three movies. I understand. It's okay. No, I like Quick Change. <laughs> I don't like her in it. I don't even like her in Beetlejuice. <laughs> How about A League of Their Own? Ugh, oh boy, this is this is killing me hearing this right now. <laughs> <laughs> However, in this one, I think she pulls off that whole kind of split personality thing really well, especially during the transition from you know full on Samantha to full on Charlie Baltimore. <clears throat> and it's fun seeing her toss knives and shooting people in the face just because she's not somebody that you usually think of. As a badass, and I really like her with Jackson. I think they had really good chemistry. Um, so as you know, as far as the Shane Black patented buddy combinations go, this one's this one's good. They've got just the right level of mistrust and um, sudden inexplicable loyalty. So that's that's good. The real surprise here for me is Craig Bierko. Holy shit! Why doesn't this guy get more fucking work? He's great. He is ridiculously evil in this. He's all scruffy and smarmy, and he's obviously just having a great time threatening children and murdering people. He's got those big fucking busy teeth that automatically make him just a recognizable threat. He's great. I love that guy. So anyway, the plot to this movie is really thin. Don't look at it too long or it'll disappear like a will-o'-the-wisp. <laughs> But, you know, the dialogue is great, and that's why I watch Shane Black movies, just for the dialogue. And this this one kind of stays within its own parameters. And I, his scripts have a way of creating a familiarity and a quirkiness for the characters without even seeming to try. So, I don't know. You start watching it because, yay, shit blows up. Or, oh, cool, I like this. I like Gina Davis or Samuel L. Jackson. But... You end up staying just because of how well it's written. And there's watching these three pretty much back to back, these three films, you can really see this is the genesis of the Shane Black formula for screenplays. And it's not quite perfected in this one, but you can see enough uh, spark, enough sparks of brilliance to realize that you need you need to be watching this guy. Oh, and also this this, of course, gave the U.S. government the idea to stage the uh, Twin Tower attacks on 9-11. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, the idea it's a fundraiser. Of, of its central plot revolving around a terror <laughs> attack, which they're going to blame on Muslims, is, is pretty amazing to see in 2017, or I'm sure in any time in the last uh, 16 years or so. Uh, of course, I was just being facetious a moment ago, but it certainly is one of those eye-opening, <laughs> going back to look at things. It's one of those things where I wish we could kind of have a Jesse Ventura narration over it. Yeah, right? Hold <laughs> it up, brother. Stay off the grid. Well, you know, you know, Shane Black knows Jesse Ventura. They were in Predator together. Oh, my God. There you go. That's it. <laughs> There's but, your connection, people. That. The Ventura Illuminati. 
<laughs> I think I could take alien news for either from Yap and Kodo or, or Jesse Ventura the most more than anybody else, though. <laughs> if Jesse Ventura really gave me a real high, high-powered, you know, play-by-play speech about, hey, aliens, yo. Like, sure, Jesse. Just put on that bow with the funny glasses. It'd be all good. <laughs> if they bleed, you can kill them. Um, you're the last one in on this one, Gary. Oh, I do enjoy this movie. Like I said, it came out when I was 15 years old, so it hit me right in that, that sweet spot where I really had it for Gina Davis. The crotch? Well, yeah, in, in the crotchal area, in, in, in the nether regions, made, made, me, made my parts happy. You know. Whether she's house bombs. knows Gina... what to do with them parts. Them parts, yeah. <laughs> uh, whether she's house mom or, or uh, deadly blonde assassin, I thought it's pretty great. You know, I think this is uh, the best uh, ice skating uh, shooting scene ever. <laughs> that one in curtains is just stupid. That 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 kill there, you know. Damn it! No, it's amazing. <laughs> Oh yeah, Gina Davis. This is again a sweet spot. I enjoy Cut the Run. I enjoy Renny Harlan's work in general. Even the really bad Renny Harlan stuff is is it's kind of like you know putting some sugar on that cornflakes because you know you, you can just put a little something on it. It usually, it usually tastes pretty good. Um, Craig Bierko, like you guys, like like I said, there's great great bad guy. There's a lot of great bad guys in this movie. Um, Craig Bierko, David Morris plays that role pretty well. That water torture scene is uh, that's something else. But who has that in their, their, their barn? This guy apparently is just torturing people in his barn for, for yeah, crazy. I think Brian Cox was, well, he, he dies. Spoilers, if you haven't seen this this movie that's like old old now. But uh, you don't get a, enough time with him, I think, because I thought his character was pretty great. We talk about the different spots that he has his guns, you know. What, one on the hip, uh, one on the ankle, and one next to Mr. Wally, I think the quote was, you know? <laughs> well, there's just never enough time with Cox. <laughs> no, not Irv Cox's cock, for that matter, you know, Mr. Wally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I agree that the, the child actor in this film was atrocious. I mean, the, the part at the end where poor Charlie Baltimore just beat the shit, and she's screaming at her mother in a... Yeah, you know, life is paid. You know, shit like that. Like, yeah, yeah I'm really... just like, yeah, oh, you little bitch. Like, you know? <laughs> let me get I... it. She, she said it to you earlier in the film when you fell down. But you know what? But yeah, <laughs> you fell down. She has been like hit by a fucking truck. You know? <laughs> How been, fu- they tried to drown her. They How... tried. To, they shot her. <laughs> they beat the shit out of her. Stop How... whining. How fucked up is that kid now? I don't know. Just like as an adult, she's just like. <laughs> that's, see, that's, see, that's the that's the sequel you never got. Was her just like going awol and going crazy? Like, uh, oh, well, and then okay, not like only stuff. that, but then mom is busting up her joints to try to get this spark under the door. I mean, oh. I don't know if you've ever tried to hit metal on cement. Let's, let's talk fucking, about that seat, okay, real fast. That fucking hurts. It jars you. She no, does I, that for like 10 solid minutes, and then the kid goes, oh, I have a match. <laughs> well, yeah, she gave her the matches to light a candle for some reason. Maybe somebody died in the past or something. I don't know, but I I, I realize in the scene there are barrels of, of, of flammable chemicals in there somewhere, but at what point in time do they have time to fill that doll that pissing doll with with the with the gasoline 
Well, they do it in the scene right before, right? She remember she falls yeah. into the thing and sees it. And in fact, there's a really clear moment that she's like thinking that she's got to do. It something. has to be a real quick. I, I missed it every time I watch this movie. Maybe this is why I'm talking shit about it. I couldn't, I, you know, I miss it. That 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 singular look every time. I guess. Well, she's like she's like sitting basically in the barrels at, at like within <clears> the barrels, <throat> and they're pouring out the liquid, and they tell her that she has thirty seconds to come up, and then it, she yeah, then they get the look right before she's tied up afterwards. But doesn't he the, he give the girl the doll? You know, it it is Christmas after all, or something. He says, and, and, and uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to argue semantics. Check out doll. Ex- yes, they do give that in a few scenes earlier. <laughs> big, big explosion. Uh, Samuel Jackson tied to a chair. Hilariously flies out the window. <laughs> <laughs> he gets he gets fucked up even more than anybody else. This movie, I think, because he's he's out there trying to get get the get the little girl and. I love the the, the 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 radio back and forth where he he can't he only see out of one eye, so she's telling him where to shoot, and he does exactly where to shoot, and that's fun. And <clears throat> like I said, guys, so their chemistry is pretty great too. Just them riding in the car together is uh is pretty great. Where he's fuck up the song lyrics, and she's <laughs> telling him about himself, and you know that's that's something. And the song's not about John Lennon. He's saying moving in, stupid. You know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wish I'd be on the other side of the, 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 the derobing scene where she's got to change his bandage, but you know, wishful thinking, you know, and, uh, there's a lot, there's a lot to love about this film. <clears throat> Explosions, Reddy Harlan, really bad child actress. And, uh, the, the great, I mentioned the greatest assassin scene where the guy that one of the many guys, I'm sure she put away, sees her at a Christmas parade on, on TV and, he miraculously gets out of jail, probably by these same government officials that are running this thing the whole time to to assassinate her. And it's just really fun how he gets in the house and he's, he has all these freaking knife skills. And, of course, she he has crazy knife skills herself because, you know, chefs do that. And I thought that was a nice, like, uh, a nice, like, almost switch from her being house mom to, to churning that way when she starts chopping the vegetables. And she discovers she has all these crazy knife skills and... The, the 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 knife in the air with the tomato that was pretty dope. <laughs> yeah, you don't see that shit in the Food Network. Well, I think Mark the Costco's can do that if you really tried. <laughs> I I like to think so anyway. That's how you start Iron Chef right there. <laughs> Today's secret degrees he's balancing a knife, and then he just chucks that motherfucker, and then the lobster just sticks to the wall with the knife like he's Michael Myers. Lobster, you know. That's how you start Iron Chef. I'm just I'm just throwing out their Food Network. Less Guy Fieri, more Mark, Mark DeCosco is throwing knives because I know he's capable. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, good time, good time had by all. I think it's a it's a great film. It still holds up even to this day, even without my lust for for Gina Davis. And uh, I'm gonna leave it at that and ask Doug, <clears throat> does he have anything else to say about the film? And what is your rating, one to ten? Uh, I mean, just the fact that it's a shame that it was such a bomb at the time, uh, that it actually hurt the career of a lot of people involved, including Rennie Harlan, who had already come off a bomb before this. Uh, So, I mean, it pretty much sunk his Hollywood career, um, which, again, he's done a number of films that I like and very few that I love. This is probably the one that I enjoyed the most of his directorial output. But, uh, you know, it's not like he was untalented and this was probably his heyday. And, of course, it took Shane Black out of action for a little while, but then he made a triumphant return with the movie we're going to be talking about next. What's your ratings for 1 to 10? 
I will give – I just did this – you know what? I'm going to give it a – I think I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Sweet. Jamie. Well, I'm going to be frank and earnest. Um, <laughs> I uh, got to say nine for this. I, I mean, I think I kind of got it across earlier how much I love this film so, so very much. And uh, the one point is just for um, – annoying ass kid but um <laughs> yeah it's uh it's a fave so yeah and it yeah it does it depresses the shit out of me that they didn't do better it really does well you need that sequel like i said where the little girls uh, the assassin now and they pull like um have you guys ever seen well i don't know if you guys have seen class of 1999 but class of 1992 the substitute starring sasha mitchell where he just he's playing like he's a robot but he's not a robot but he has their armor He's just killing students in that movie. <laughs> it's really foreshadowing, but you know, his, his crazy military training made him that way. And, uh, step by step, Sasha Mitchell. Yes. That one. And of the kickboxer yeah. sequels, you know, <laughs> all right, then a notorious wife beater, which, you know, so I, I, I hate to say separate the man from the art, but I still managed to enjoy his stuff, even though he's a wife beater. So I don't know if my mom had named me Sasha, I would probably beat my wife too. <laughs> what? Jesus. He was the Simon Rex of the eighties. Kinda was. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> no, no, is is Simon Rex a Canadian? He has to be, Doug. Is that just true or no? I don't know. <laughs> I look, I look Why says. does he have to be? What does that mean? <laughs> well imagine if you worked with Jenny Garth before. I'm, I'm just saying one, if, if you I work like with Jenny. If you worked with Jenny Garth before, I'm sure you might be Canadian at some point, or at least 10% Canadian, perhaps. You know. Oh, that sounds like a, the, the beginnings of a new board game. You might be Canadian. I don't know. <laughs> Have you ever worked with Jenny Garth? Check. <laughs> then you might be Canadian. Oh, like boy. Canadian Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> oh, I need that. I need that in my life, for sure. <laughs> I'll learn so much more about Canada. <laughs> but X, what about you, sir? Um, I'm going to pretty much go with Mr. Tilly. I'm going to give it a 7. I won't give it that point five. I'll give it a 7. You guys hurt my soul. Well, just because I like... I, now, spoilers, Doug wanted us to rank these towards the end, but you'll see my rating. I, I'm going to give this an 8. I, I really enjoy it still. It's still hold, the action still holds up. Lots of explosions left to look at couple little plot holes in there, and as Jamie said, that fucking little girl is fucking terrible. You know? I love the little girl. You guys are so <laughs> incorrect in your assessment. Life is pain, X. Life is pain. You know, I you just left her in it. that damn box. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't find well, you. Why don't you I call on a phone? Prove that Jamie gives a, gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie proved time and time again she hates children on this program, but she used to be a nanny, so I don't know what that's about. It's just uh, I don't hate all children. Just, just I, I'm selective. I got a Christmas card from the from the kids that I used to nanny today, and the little girl is 20 years old. Mm. How about that shit? <laughs> yeah, but how does she look now? She she's legal now, so I can I can look at her right now. <laughs> She's beautiful. She's a she's a beautiful girl, but I just God, that makes me feel old. I'm done. 
We're gonna move into the one that, that that I think Doug said that he he digs the most next with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang right after this. Did you guys ever notice that podcasts talk about the same movies over and over again? Yeah, as much as I love Friday 13th, I don't need another show telling me how good it is. Exactly. Same thing goes for Halloween. It's a great movie, but come on, there's other stuff out there. There should be a show that highlights movies that everyone else seems to skip over. Like, oh, I always wanted to talk about Absentia. And I want someone to cover the room. The Skeleton Key's a good one. Then let's just do one. We can call it The ABCs of Hidden Horror, and we'll go through the alphabet talking about our favorite horror flicks that get ignored. Great idea! 
I know what my first one's going to be. Join Brian, Dave, and me, Jamie, for the ABCs of Hidden Horror on the Horrorphilia Network, where we might discuss some of your neglected favorites or introduce you to something new. Let's go. Hurry up. It's not my fault. Just shut up and run. Hold it right there. Harry was a small-time crook. Oh, boy. Till he opened the door. Oh, no, no, we're not ready for your audition. Just take him, he's ready. You ready, right? To a really big break. Quit acting like the good guy. You got your partner killed. You killed him. See, this is what I'm talking about. Old school method. Get me Gabe Perry on the phone. But he'll need a real cop. Detective lessons tomorrow for your acting. Oh, you're the uh, consultant. If he wants to act the part. You must be Gabe Perry. Still gay? Me? No. I just like the name so much. I can't get rid of it. So what do you do? I'm a private detective. She thinks I'm a detective. Of all the idiot things to do. My sister. Honey, are you gonna help me? I gotta check my schedule. Can you help me, Harry? Because you're not gonna help me to find okay, somebody okay. else. So sometimes I have other. Oh, uh, my caseload oh, is, is pretty. Thank you. From Shane Black, the creator of Lethal Weapon. Do not play detective. Moron. Go home before the bad guys do something bad right. to you. Two corpses in three hours. I mean, that's unusual, right? Yes. Comes a mystery. It's a frame up. First things first. Do you have the corpse? I, I got rid of it. You threw it away. Yeah. Look up idiot in the dictionary. You know what you'll find? A picture of me? No. The definition of the word idiot. That starts with a kiss. Why'd you lie to me? It was an excuse to stay around you, so I mean, I think... Ow! Did I just cut off your finger? Yeah. It's on the floor. Pick it up. Pick it up. And ends with a bang. Where is the girl? You put a live round in that gun. Oh, yeah. There was like an 8% chance. Eight. Who taught you math? <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. What do you think, I'm stupid? Val Kilmer. Yes, I think you're stupid. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Oh, hell. Kiss me. What? Kiss me. No, no, no. No, no, no. These lessons suck. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang from 2005. Your plot synopsis is this. A murder mystery brings together a private eye, a struggling actress, and a thief masquerading as an actor. That's kind of cheap sauce right there. But uh, More like a sauce. thief masquerading as an actor masquerading <laughs> as a P.I. <laughs> oh, he loves that noir shit, man. There's some great actors in this film, too. You got Robert Downey Jr. You got Val Kilmer. Uh, I proved my affection for this young lady we did in North Country in review. Uh, Michelle Monaghan is in this movie. Corbin Burnson. Larry Miller. That chick from the Knight's Tale, whose name I cannot pronounce. <laughs> you know, I'll go with that. Oh, my God. But this is directed and screenplay written by Shane Black as well. But since this is Doug's favorite, supposedly, I'm giving away a lot right now. That's okay, though. You know, we what do you think about all it? this suspense. What do you think about it, sir? Uh, I mean, look, if you like Shane Black or have any interest in Shane Black, this is the Shane Blackiest movie you are ever going to watch. And I, with the knowledge that we're going to talk about a very Shane Blackie movie right after this as well, that I also have a lot of affection for, but you know, kiss, kiss, bang, bang took, uh, it came out at a time when people weren't really sure what really happened to Shane Black as a writer. Um, and he also came along with two actors who had sort of have 
gone past their peak to one extent or another. Robert Downey Jr. had not yet kind of made his big comeback. Val Kilmer had kind of fallen off the radar a bit for most people, and uh, he's kind of stayed off the radar for a lot of people. But this, he then, you know, he gave them some of the best dialogue he's ever written, very hard-boiled, very much in the film noir-type mold, but also with a lot of kind of postmodern meta-commentary on the whole genre. And he, he, you can tell how passionate Shane Black is about this material in every word of it. And this thing is endlessly quotable. I mean, Val Kilmer has a handful of lines here, which are just hilarious. And I feel like the interplay between Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer is the exactly the sort of uh, two men bonding over their mutual dislike or mistrust of each other that, that Shane Black kind of built his career on with Lethal Weapon. But this is kind of taken to the next level. And it's just it just feels like anything can happen. I love how hapless the characters are. You know, usually there's a few characters that are particularly professional. They always know what's going on. And then you have your main character or one of your main characters who, you know, every once in a while they'll, they'll, they'll show themselves to be a lot more competent than they've been shown up to that point. But generally they're just fucking up again and again and again. And I love it. I think this might be Robert Downey Jr.'s best performance ever in a movie. I love this movie from start to finish. Uh, I, I, I'm hesitant to come up with things I dislike about it. It has a very complex plot. I also think that it kind of goes off the rails a little in the final act because so many ridiculous things are happening all at once. It also wraps up kind of a little too neatly, but I, I've seen this movie probably seven or eight times, and I love it more every single time. It really holds up, and I also think it's a movie that actually benefits from rewatching because it is very dense both in terms of plot and in terms of dialogue. Uh, and there's also those favorite moments and quotes that I mentioned before. Also, Michelle Monaghan is really great. Like, she's really terrific in this. And she uh, she's another actress who has deserved a lot better. I know she's gotten a lot of TV work. But honestly, she deserved to uh, to get a few more uh, leading lady parts, I think. Fair enough. X? You know, you talk to movie people. Because that's what, you know, that's what we do. If you're listening to this, obviously you're a movie person. And we hang out online with movie people. We know about movies. We have whole conversations and movie quotes, and we still got our points across. And when you talk to movie people, they all say, oh, shit, you got to see Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. It's just crazy good. And I ignored this advice for years, so this was a first-time watch for me. And now I'm pissed because I don't have this movie memorized yet. (laughs) Here's what blows me away about this movie. And really, when it was done, I was was slack-jawed. With amazement, because it is fucking brilliant. But if you've ever heard me talk about movies, you know that there's one thing I can't stand. It's narration. It just runs all over me. I feel like voiceovers... (laughs) Well, voiceovers are either really condescending, or they're your telltale sign of poor storytelling. So, you've got Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and the narration is basically the star of the show! It's incredible. This movie crushes the fourth wall in ways that I have never seen before. It just, uh, it, it, it leaves me kind of at a loss for words. Danny, Robert Downey Jr. is great. Val Kilmer is hilarious. I, I also am now a huge Michelle Monaghan fan. And I know she's got a lot of TV work, but fuck, that show on, on Hulu that she's got, The Path, that's good stuff. She's really effective in that. But I think this is where you get to see the black formula kind of at its height, 
where you've got like like Doug was saying, you have the two mismatched main characters, and they're quirky and they get on each other's nerves, but they kind of bond over that. And then you throw in a female character who's she's funny or resourceful, and you know she's not there just to be a victim or show off her tits, even though. As Doug pointed out earlier, um, he off, Shane Black often casts women as prostitutes or call girls. But, you know, they feel like real people. They feel like real people in incredibly ludicrous situations, but it works. This might be Black's least known film, but I think it also might be his best. Loved it. JJ. I feel your pain, X, because this was a first-time watch for me as well. And it had come up quite a few times over the years that I've known Brian. And he's like, have you ever seen that? And I was like, I think so, because I really I felt like I had. Like, you ever seen that? I think so. Well, you need to make sure. And I was like, okay. Well, it sounds um, like a Radley Metzger film from 1973, that title. Right. So like, yeah, exactly. I've seen this. <laughs> You know, I, I not to interrupt, but I think that the title comes from the original name for James Bond, right? Which was Mister Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Uh, that I think that's what his the the title Probably. of maybe Doctor No was going to be initially. Not that they make any reference to it in the movie itself. But uh, we also had a vintage shop in Athens called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Ah. Um, and uh, which was phenomenal. This is a great shop. That's but, why I got uh, kicked out of church. <laughs> um, so when it came time for us to watch it for this like Brian's all excited because he loves this movie and then as it turns out Noah had never seen it before and what the hell why not I don't know because uh, I've always been a Robert Downey Jr. fan even when it probably wasn't in my best interest to be so uh, because you know he was (laughs) locked away he wasn't doing much of anything for a while um Although, you know, they always, yeah, you ever notice how he used to, or if you remember back when he used to get out of jail long enough to make a movie and then he'd go back to jail? <laughs> <laughs> he was pining for the fjords. They used to let him out and make movies and then he'd go back. Um, release. Man, I, yeah, exactly. Uh, man, I've always loved him, though. But uh, he, I don't think anyone could have done the justice to this dialogue that he did because he, and it's no wonder that uh, he does so well with Iron Man. You know, I mean, he, he has this previous experience with Shane Black dialogue, which his dialogue is so good. And no one ever talks about it. Like, you know, everyone talks about Tarantino dialogue and I do too, because I love Tarantino dialogue. I, I'm all over it. But no one ever mentions Shane Black dialogue, and it's really good. I mean, that's part of the reason that we love these movies so much is watching these characters play off each other. You know, I mean, think about Lethal Weapon, and just some of my favorite moments in that film are just moments where they're just talking. And it's because it's so good. The writing is so good. And and also, you have to make sure you have the right actors to deliver it, but... In these films, it seems to work out. I um, I said last night after we finished watching this, I was like, man, I really wish Val Kilmer wasn't an asshole. Like, <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't want him to be an asshole because I like him, you know, and it just that kind of breaks my heart. You know, he, 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 he the way he's working now and I know I know he's very sick. He's, he's out on the road a lot. He's doing a lot of cons now and he 
embraces the fans now, and I think it's oh, made him a, a, better, a, a better guy because of it, you know, but I heard, yeah, from, from Batman and Robin on, you know, or what, he was supposed to be a Batman and Robin, but, you know, he, he dished it to work with Marlon Brando in that Dr. Moreau movie. And <laughs> Little did he, know, did he know a few years later he'd end up turning into Marlon Brando. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> put, the a, salt, put the man in a moo and tell me I'm lying. <laughs> well, the, the Salton Sea is a fine film, so watch that movie, guys. Come on now. <laughs> um. Anyway, this is uh. It's oh wow. It's so good. It's so fun. It's um. And that narration. It's funny, X. Um. I'm right there with you too. Because when as soon as it started, I turned to Brian. I was like, narration. <laughs> and and then he just was killing it, you know. Um, Downey just nailed it when he was delivering that. But uh, like he'd say things like, you know, well, I don't see any other narrators around here, so you know. And, um, yeah, it was in your face. It was brilliant. And the one thing I said was, you know, thank God Shane Black got to direct this himself. Because this is the kind of script that it would be very difficult to hand off to someone else and trust that they would get your vision. And it's the kind of movie that if I wrote it and I didn't get to make it myself, I'd be really angry. I'd be worried the whole time and then I'd probably end up being angry because I don't think they'd do it the way I, I saw them doing it. I personally have difficulty letting go of stuff like that. <laughs> um, and of course, if I mean you're if you're a screenwriter... You um, you got to do that, and it that's a hard thing to do, I imagine, especially when it's something like this. So I'm really, really glad that he got the opportunity to bring it to life himself, because I don't think anyone else would have been able to do it exactly the way he envisioned it. And so I think that's a good thing. And uh, yeah, do you know he's only made like uh, I mean he's only written I think 19 movies. He got more. We need this to that has to stop. I mean, oh no, he has to go. Not not stop. Then <laughs> he has to go. Well, you, you are getting you, so few has to stop. The him making more has to go. You are and, getting uh, what I'm calling my dream team in that next Predator movie, though. So Fr- yeah. Fred De- Fred Decker and Shane Black is is kind of a dream team to me. So it's actually way less movies than that. Of those 19 credits, there's probably only like six or seven real movies. A lot of them are just like Lethal Weapon Two. He didn't write and. Uh, and oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so so most of yeah. it is yeah so he's only really written like six movies his entire career but he has that Doc Savage one that's announced and I know everyone's focusing on Predators but you were just mentioning Gary but Doc Savage is a character I'd love to see him bring to life that's the one I'm most excited about yeah, I think to one of those credits was a video game and he just got credited for the character score right. so you're right you're right yeah he that's wrote the even story. way less than that. He wrote the screen story for Lethal Weapon 2, but Jeffrey Boehm, who was like the, you know, Akiva Goldman of the 80s, did the screenplay. And, of course, he's the uh, the writer of The Monster Squad, which I think probably a lot of listeners of this show are pretty familiar with. Still love it. Which I just think is fantastic, and that explains why so many of us love it so much. But he um, – also, I just realized his birthday is December 16th. Happy, happy belated birthday, for one. But also, maybe that explains why he loves Christmas so much. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I absolutely loved this. It will be uh, something that I watch many times in the future, and I'm kind of pissed off that it took me this long to see it. 
Yeah, I, I, this is the first time watching me too. This, this is a big surprise, huh, Doug? I mean, I, I've seen it hanging around. I, again, I've had friends tell me that it was good, and I've never caught it because, yeah, I just maybe it was at the time where Robert Downey Jr. wasn't exactly in my wheelhouse as far as, yeah, I like this guy. Let's go seek out some some Robert Downey Jr. movies because I think I just saw Less from Zero like last year, and like, less than yeah, less than zero from I saw it last year and. uh that's a hard film to watch, but uh, we're not talking about this film right now. But this film, <laughs> like I said, narration can be can, can can really kill a movie. But it, it, if it wasn't Robert Downey Jr. delivering Shane Black's writing, I don't think it would have worked as well as it did. As far as that narration goes, he's got that 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 Downey swagger that that you know <clears throat> again going back to superhero shit again makes makes him makes him turn into Tony Stark, and I don't think anybody else can play him. So. They retire the MCU. If he ever decided not to make any more money, crazy money from the MCU, I'd say don't make, don't use Iron Man anymore because he couldn't <laughs> do it. You couldn't do it, you know. But um, this film, yeah, it's a great, great. Uh, I, I don't even know how to explain what it is. There's a lot of uh, f- funky scenes in here, like Doug mentioned. Uh, I think off off the thing where, where they had the weird. Thing with the guy in the bear outfit uh, talking about biting the head off a fish, and that's all they can do, or something like that. <laughs> but yeah, the, the chem- again, Shane Black writes chemistry so well because the chemistry between basically these, these two strangers, Robert Downey Jr., who's uh, involved in a, in, a, in a shooting, who happens to go into this this casting office, and this is how they become like friends, I guess, and. And of course, murder brings them together in in a real hilarious way, and it's 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 a it's a good time. I mean, I I, uh, I love the Xanadu reference because he he um, they they make a they're gonna watch the, the 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 porn that she happens to have on hand, which is really strange. Oh, sexy Santa outfit! I love sexy Santa outfits in movies, and yeah, we still watch Bean Girls real bad just for that one scene, but. Uh, that's me talking crazy. Um, I love the fact that he 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 picked Michael Beck not from the Warriors, but he starred in Xanadu with Gene Kelly and Olivia Newton John. <laughs> I forget what he says, but he, but he puts his mouth his hand over his mouth and says something about him being gay because that's like the big notorious thing about him not being gay but being called this uh what's, what's his name? They called him Gay Perry. Just, they called him Gay Perry. But he's not gay. He 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 he, or he's bisexual. It's a hard read there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, their chemistry is really great. Michelle Monaghan's really cute, but she's not like just there for for eye candy. Although you do get to see her boobs in this movie, and they're small and perky, and I did did disappoint me at all. I'm kind of happy about that, you know. But uh, um, what else? I like the next movie a lot better, but yeah, you, know, you guys, you guys are in love. This is a very dialogue-driven movie, and I, I appreciate that for that. And, and without these two actors, I don't think it would have worked. To tell you the absolute truth, but uh, I'm gonna leave it at that, and I'm gonna ask Doug if there's anything else he wants to say about it. And what is he rating one to ten? You know, I think that Robert Downey Jr. was born to say Shane Black dialogue, and it, you know, for those who have slept on Iron Man three, maybe aren't interested in superhero movies and the like. I think it's actually probably in my top three superhero movies, probably top, I mean, certainly top three Marvel movies. It's, I think it's the best of that series. And if you like Shane Black dialogue and want to see how that melds with a different kind of action movie, 
uh, it's really worthwhile. I love Iron Man three a lot, and it's got the Christmas connection. Oh, as only, well. only Shane Black could write Sir Ben Kingsley as the Mandarin, but spoilers, not the Mandarin. Okay, <laughs> that's Indeed. that's fucking great, you know. <laughs> I'm gonna give uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang uh, a, a nine out of ten. Beautiful, Jamie. I will also give this a nine. It is pretty damn near perfect. I love it. I think that. Um, oh well, you said we're we're gonna be we're gonna be ranking them later. Yeah, later on. Okay. Um, well, then I will save that. But yeah, it's good stuff. What can I say? X. So wait, are we still are we doing rankings now or later? No, we're so, rankings at the end. At the end. Okay, rankings at the end. Then I'm gonna be quiet. What do you give a one to ten? Those those are. That's a, that's a that's, that's a, a ranking. Well, that's I guess so. Then, 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 think Doug's idea is flown out the window. So yeah, no, I didn't realize that we gave it a one to ten uh, yeah, ranking when I said that. Well, see, so this kind of gives you, it away. No, it doesn't. If you had paid attention, you would realize that so far two of them have gotten nines from me. Yeah, but you said that the other one was your favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> oh, dysfunction. That's not a usual listen to me podcast. <laughs> What do you give it nine to ten? That's supposed to call attention to obvious things. <laughs> I'm 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 giving it a nine out of ten, but you know, <laughs> y'all don't fucking know me, so. <laughs> well, I don't know you're the carnal sense, but I think I know you pretty well, Lex. You know. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> Doug, you know making sense and shit. <laughs> Yeah, for right now, this is going to be not controversial, but until I can watch it again and, and take it all in, I'm going to give it a seven and a half now. But I'm sure the, the ratings will go higher as I, as I get another viewing in there. So, uh, yeah, seven and a half for right now. May rank higher later. I'll let you guys know on the next show if it ranks higher because I'm going to watch it again very soon. But um, with that, we're going to move on to our last feature. Uh, phew, man, that Doey Russell Crowe and that dreamy. H.I. McDonough looking fucking Ryan Gosling in this movie. <laughs> the Nice Guys. From a couple years ago, I think. Right after this. Hate New York City. It's cold and it's damp. And all the people dressed like monkeys. Let's leave Chicago to the Eskimo. That town's a little bit too rugged For you and me, you bad girl Rolling down Imperial Highway The big nasty red out of my side Santa and the wind's blowing hot from the north. We were born to ride. Roll down the window, put down the top. Crank up the beach for us, baby. Don't let the music stop. We go and ride it till we just can't ride it no more. From the side. Perfect day 
about chains. Boy, howdy, are you in luck? <laughs> I'm Cootie. My name is X, and you might know us from the wildly successful Kiss the Goat podcast. But when we're not drinking fine white wine and helling Satan, we're watching animal attack movies. Holes in the ozone layer. Giant rodents. Packs of wild creatures roaming the streets in search of the most dangerous prey humanity join us and a special guest animal expert i'm gonna have your health inspector badge grabowski hi i'm allison <laughs> i've tried a lot of stuff you never smashed an ant and smelled it every other thursday on the food chain where nature runs amok and mankind is always on the menu that's the food chain exclusively on the legion podcast network animal attack bitches Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my husband. He's gone missing. Missing? I'm terribly worried. It's just Fred's never been gone this long before. How long has he been missing? Since the funeral. Well, I can start right away. You're a private investigator? My profession is very complicated, okay? It's nuanced. That is a lot. That's a lot of blood. You beat people up and charge money? Sad, isn't it? How much would you charge to beat up my friend Janet? What? How much you got? 30 bucks? That's good. This conversation no is over. The mob is trying to spread its operation to Los Angeles. Somehow, my daughter Amelia is involved. Please find her. You seen this girl? Who's in it for me? Oh, we can do this the easy way. No! We're currently doing it the easy way. Whatever happened to offering me 20 bucks? It's the recession. This is a high profile case. I made the newspapers. Amelia. What the hell's going on? Oh, you know, there's a guy coming to kill us. That kind of crap. Hey, can you behave like a professional? I'm sorry. She's in danger, man. We have to do something about it. She's dead. She's not dead. She's dead. She's not dead. 
why do you think everyone involved with this case was dying? This is not you. You're not a murderer. You just killed three people. I know, but I'm saying deep down. Look, if you come in here, you beat up on me. It's part of the job, I accept it. But what did you do? You pissed me off. Before we go solving the crime of the century, let's deal with the rotting corpse. We got a plan. Run. The Nice Guys from 2016. Uh, plot synopsis is this. In in 70s, in 70s Los Angeles, they weren't wrong about their syntax. A mismatched pair of private eyes investigate a missing girl and the mysterious death of a porn star. This stars Russell Crowe, Ryan Gosling, is that girl's name? And, and Gory Rice. Yeah, I, I like that character, though. <laughs> Matt Bomber, only known as John Boy. And I think it's fucking great. They make a Walton's reference in there. Keith David looking pimp as fuck in this movie. Mm, we're going to talk about that for sure. Oh, Gil, I forget. I, you know what? You look at the cast and you forget Gil Gerard shows up in this movie. <laughs> and you just, you just smile, even though he's fucking devious in this movie. Kim Basinger, oh, kid on the bike, is also in Iron Man 3 as well. We're talking about him, too, I'm sure. But uh, I'll start with X on this review and say, X, what do you think of The Nice Guys? You know, watching The Nice Guys really takes away one of my greatest joys in life, and that is making fun of Russell Crowe. It's a hobby of mine. I'm good at it. But he's so fucking good at this movie, I can't poke any fun at him, and that's disappointing. I can't poke any fun at Ryan Gosling either because well, I don't think anybody's really doing that anymore anyway. We just have to <laughs> accept that he's very pretty and he can act very well. But it's nice to see these two kind of get a chance to show off their comedic skills because I think they're both fairly adept at that. I mean, come on. when <laughs> Oh, God. When Ryan Gosling screams... <laughs> that is the best thing in the world. It's just the most ungodly, like, flying kaiju noise, and it's so great. Um, so we get the formula again, like we've talked about. Um, this time, the smart female is actually Gosling's daughter. She's very precocious, but she's smarter than her dad, and she's better at getting information from suspects. She's got a finer sense of clarity than her father, and... That's not just a 70s thing. I mean, I, th I know there are a lot of people, and I kind of count myself among that, where, you know, your kids kind of raise you. And there's some there's some reality to that relationship between Gosling and his daughter in this movie, and I really appreciate that. I think the movie succeeds, again, in taking the viewer through a very convoluted plot. I mean, you know, we work our way through the porn industry up into... You know, the automotive industry and the Department of Justice, and there's just, there's a lot of shit going on. There's also some narration, not a whole lot, but again, it adds to the story without lying on top of it like a wet blanket or knotted pubic hair. So it's very funny. I think that's to be expected when that one kid says that he's a projectionalist. I lose it every fucking time. <laughs> 
every time. And they do a callback to it, too. I know. It's so great. So if there's any complaint about this movie, it's that it's a little fluffy. I think it's it's one of the more easily forgettable of the black movies for me. I mean, there, there are parts that stand out and there are lines that you say, but you kind of forget where you got them after a while. It's one of those things. It's, it's, it's like a plant. You need to water it every once in a while. You kind of need to rewatch the nice guys once every two or three months just to keep it fresh in your head. Cause it doesn't really stick to your mental ribs. That's a horrible analogy, <laughs> but it doesn't do that as well as say kiss, kiss, bang, bang does. But it does play out as probably the best 70s cop show that we never got to see. And that kind of adult-oriented Starsky and Hutch is really something we deserve. And it really works. I like this movie a lot. Cool. Douglas. Uh, Now, I said earlier that uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is my favorite, clearly, of the three that we're talking about. Well, I'll tell you, it's by a nose because uh, The Nice Guys, this is my second time watching it and my love for this is growing every time i watch it uh, i mean jeff already said most of the major points the performances are great i don't think russell crowe's ever been better than he is here and um you know the characters are layered and they're sometimes I mean, they're very funny and this is actually a maybe even a funnier movie overall than uh kiss kiss bang bang in that the big laughs are huge that part where they drop the body over the 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 fence and then it crashes through the table underneath. <laughs> when I saw that for the first time, I had to pause the movie. I was laughing my ass off at it. And there's a lot of physical humor here. And this is one of the things that that I think Shane Black is underrated at is as a orchestrator of action as a director. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of really complex action scenes here, particularly in the climax at the car show. There's a lot of action all happening at once and trying to keep track of it. Uh, you know, he not, he's very good at keeping like a convoluted plot in order, but even in individual scenes, uh, he really does a great job of of keeping the action flowing really kind of naturally and making sure we all know where all the moving parts are. That last bit where Ryan Gosling suddenly thinks he's invincible and really just gets the shit beat out of him over and over again, it's it's magic. It really is. And this is a pretty magical movie. I'll tell you what, if you're trying to get people into the Shane Black style, this is probably an easier in because, as Jeff mentioned, it is a little fluffier. It's a little easier in some ways. Uh, I think that uh, it, there isn't as much – because maybe it's the, the fact that there's a child. I think it's the fact that he has such affection for these characters and it's clear on the screen that there, you know it, it, there's almost, it's almost a foregone conclusion that there isn't going to be something seriously bad happen to the main characters because he obviously just loves them so much. But I mean, it is a fucking crime that we're not going to get a series of movies with these characters all done by Shane Black. And, uh, you know, there is rumblings of a, uh, of a TV series with female leads instead of male. And, and I mean, I hope that that goes ahead and, and I hope it's more than just the formula here and that we actually see this style in action, but not everyone can do a Shane Black style and really, when people try to ape it, it just comes off as really kind of hackneyed and and imitative. And this is this again is a very pure Shane Black movie, and uh, I love it just as much as Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And I'm loving it more every time I watch it. And I, I I'm thinking that maybe within a few more watches, one might lap the other, or maybe I'll just keep them right at the same level. I just want to see more Shane Black movies. It's your wish too, because uh, you have more coming for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, Jamie, what you think, girl? I, you know, for one, to address X's comment about Gosling, I mean, he's okay, but uh, he's no fastbender. Am I right, Doug? 
I'm I'm off Fassbender since I learned that he beat the shit out of his girlfriend. Oh, I did not realize that. Not that you were off him, but that I that he, I mean he's still a beautiful man. Girlfriend. Believe me, he's he's an unbelievably attractive man. But you know, there's attractive men who aren't don't have that in their history. <laughs> I don't. I didn't even hear that. Oh, that's that is saddening. Yeah. That that makes me sad. Um. Well then, Gosling for the win. I guess I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and Gosling's Hello. Canadian, so it's a double. It's a double kind of goodness there. Uh, oh, okay. By default, eh? Mm-hmm. Um. He. And uh, <laughs> no, I honestly, I've always liked him. I like him as an actor. I I like his delivery. I think he's he seems like a really nice guy. He seems personable. But I've never gotten the whole women falling all over themselves just based on what he looks like thing. I. Because to me, he just looks, you know, like a guy. I mean, he's not bad looking, but I don't think he's, um, I don't know, like he's not going to make me fall down in the street, you know, <laughs> like, oh, God, I can't take it. I mean, he just looks like a normal guy. But I mean, I think that's a good thing. I, I, I like normal guys. <laughs> um, normal's good. Um those abnormal ones tend to be problematic. <laughs> well, if, if anybody's seen the Remember the Titans, you know you can't cover the pass play for shit. So you know, just throw it out there. Um, he is kind of hot in Drive. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's amazing to think that this is the same guy from Drive. You know, the <laughs> yeah, or the Notebook. He, you know, yeah, he's so good with the dialogue here, right? And that, it was kind of a revelation for me. Um, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, because he doesn't say word one hardly in um. <laughs> in drive like he's just it's just there's like very little talking and then here he's um bound i mean he's he does a really really good he's funny he's so funny and um yeah i mean this is just more exemplary dialogue from black i like everything i like the aesthetics of this film even down to the font in the beginning i um i like the music i like the settings i I like Russell Crowe. I think they work really well together. They're fun together. And it's, you know, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's fun. I mean, to me that these two characters remind me a lot of Downey and Kilmer. Oh yeah. uh, From kiss, kiss, bang, bang. And they're, you know, it's just clearly that's what he enjoys doing. You know, he takes these two characters who, Really shouldn't probably spending a, be spending a lot of time together. Like they should not be getting along this well, but you know they do. And God damn it, with Russell Crowe, this movie, he's just. I love scenes where he's like, okay, you know, when you go to see your doctor, just tell him you have a spiral fracture of your <laughs> left ulna, and then he's like, what? No, <laughs> but you know that's nice of him. You know, he gives him a pre-diagnosis so he doesn't have to waste any time. Um, it's just. I don't know, fun things like that. They're just fun moments. And I guess that's what I love about Black in general is that he knows how to balance action with characters, with good dialogue, and he has fun with it too. And like he embraces all of these things and makes it really fun. Whereas you have some directors who maybe they can make things blow up pretty, but that may be all there is to it. Um, or some, sorry, some writers and directors, whatever. Um, yeah, um, you, and I guess he lucks out in that respect too, that, that at least in, for most of the films that he's written, he's 
managed to get people to direct him who seem to understand what he's going for, who seem to get it, and actors who seem to get it and appreciate it. Because I think you kind of have to in order to deliver the, the performances that they do. So clearly they care about what they're doing here and it shows. And um, I think if I were an actor, I would consider myself very privileged to get to work on a Shane Black film. I just to just to be able to deliver some of that dialogue, I think, would be fantastic. So this is, you know, no, um, no surprise. Um Really good film. This was a second watch for me. And I don't think it did all that well either at the box office. And that made me sad when it happened. I remembered that um, I pushed for us to go see it when it came out because um, I, I just wanted to give it the boost. I just wanted the, to give it the numbers. And it, it was funny because when the, I remember seeing the trailer for this for the very first time. And I thought, you know, oh, that looks pretty good. And then when I found out that it was going to be, or that it was like at Christmas time, I was like, oh, it's a Shane Black movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just, that is what, that is what tipped me off that it was a Shane Black film was that, oh, it's Christmas. Oh, Shane Black. You know? um, and I love that about him too. I, I love that he has this thing and he does it and he will make it work. <laughs> and you know just it you know because why not you know and that's just great i'm so happy i this was a good show i mean this was a good run of films <laughs> i it made me very happy to watch all of these and it just put me in a very good place especially being so close so close to christmas so close to clit so close to she must have said I heard that. I heard that too. Yeah. Close, <laughs> close to Christmas. Uh, fuck it. You know, it's the holidays. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm good. I'm in a good place. And it's all due to Shane Black. It's been a Black Christmas. Ah! Yeah, but better than that Black Christmas movie. Yeah. 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 None more Black. <laughs> hey, that's Canadian too. That's yes, true. it is. You guys could have that one, Douglas, okay? You started out there. <laughs> it started it all. All right? You can keep your Halloweens. We have our Black Christmas up here. <laughs> oh, me, myself. I, I love I seen it in theaters. I think maybe, like, like the opening Friday it opened. I went and seen this with, like, a couple more things. And I enjoyed it then. I, I enjoy it now. I mean, just uh, let me mention Keith David and his, his fabulous 70s outfits just Hulkin beat the fuck out of people in this movie. That that's a that was a nice surprise. It's, it's always good to see Keith David and things, but I think this is like his the, the echelon of Keith David goes Men at Work, The Thing, and then this movie for me. And I, Keith David's played a lot of things in my life, and I think this is my third favorite role of his. Maybe tie with Goliath from Gargoyles, but he was a voice on that show. But what a voice it was! <laughs> Doesn't it seem like he's getting old, though? You couldn't I tell mean, in this movie. I I don't know. Every time I looked at him in this movie, I just thought, "Oh, Keith, you're getting so old." He's up there. He he's felt, you know. I mean, I know he is, but yeah. to me, he looked exactly the same for like thirty years, and then all of a sudden, I'm starting to see his age. I'll tell you, there's a lot of flaws with Cloud Atlas, but Keith David is very, very good in it. 
I didn't catch that one. I heard it was a bit long and a big bit preachy, and I wasn't feeling that right then. So but, uh, it, it, it has its moments. It also has it the opposite of that. <laughs> okay. Um, and the bad guys in general were great in this movie. You had the one just known as John Boy, who <laughs> the only reason why he's called John Boy because he has an ugly mole on his face, like the actor who plays John Boy in the Waltons. <laughs> But he's good with a knife, and he throws children through windows, which you know it's pretty ballsy. I'm sure, I'm sure it was a, a stud person, but the fact that you know this person is so I mean, he just chucks children through windows when they get in his way, you know, is it's pretty great. And the the fact that they, that our 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 search our person they're searching for throughout this entire film escapes for the bajillionth time from from their clutches, gets shot so easily by this asshole is amazing and. Only the only thing I regret is I didn't get to spend enough time with the uh, the guy who got the the paint on his face with 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 the mutton chops. I, yeah, I the blue face guy. Blue face guy. I have a bit of, of trivia that I wanted to insert here before we finish. I know that cool. you're still talking, Gary, and I apologize. But do you know the character of Chet? The uh, the <laughs> say it, say it. <laughs> I'm gonna let Jeff say it again since he's such a huge fan of the line. Oh shit! Wait, what the is... projectionalist. Oh, the pro- oh okay. <laughs> the, um, projectionalist. The character of Chet in this movie is played by Jack Kilmer, the son of Val Kilmer. That's something. Oh, oh see, I'm did sorry. you know that the amazing Harold in the beginning of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was Robert Downey Jr.'s son? There you go. That's it a thing too. A thing too. Yeah. Am That's I wrong? That, am I wrong that Robert Downey Jr. plays? That he's actually in this movie as well as the corpse of the porn producer. Did I make that up in my brain? Wait, I gotta look in the IMDb trivia to confirm. It's, that. it's possibly, you know. Yes, oh, he I does. Know. He does appear in an uncredited cameo here. <laughs> okay. But um, yeah, the action stuff's pretty great. Did the the fight scene between uh between Russell Crowe and, and Keith David by the by the by the by the hot, hot tub. tub was pretty awesome. Um I love the the I, I love I love my my favorite character in the whole film is is the daughter. She she's she's spectacular, and my, unlike a lot of kids tonight, this one really works well even with with these, with these older fellows. And that's not hard, that's not always easy to do, but they play each other off so well. And I love I love the the and stuff analogies. You know, it's like God, there's whores here and stuff, honey. Just don't, don't, don't I told you something. I told you about saying and stuff. You know, just say dead. There are whores here, okay? You know, and. Just, and then they had the whole conversation there when she's watching the porno film awkwardly with the, with the one porn star. <laughs> she's like, don't say anal and stuff. Just say they did anal, okay? You know? It's like she's learning something from her father, but talking about something really gross with some some savage woman and uh, who knows, you know? <laughs> a woman who would let a child watch pornography. So I don't feel so bad since we talked about August Dames a couple episodes ago and this one just letting children watch porn and that's... Uh, that's okay at this party. Seems like a real Tatum O'Neill situation there. I'm not sure though, but uh, <laughs> she's great. I, lo- I love the scene where they're 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 meeting the, for the first time, and well, she meets Russell Crowe for the first time. And she just said along the lines of, "So you beat up people, huh?" And she goes, "Yeah." It's like how much beat up my friend? She she's really annoying or something, and you know, just yeah, beat up my mean friend because she talks shit about John Boy, and she can't remember his name, the actor's name, and yeah. Deadlights, whatever. But um, again, much like the rest of these films, the chemistry is great between those two. And uh, I love the fact that I was going to message X when I when I noticed this right away about how crazy 
Russell Crowe is, is um, even the facial hair, almost down to the clothes sometimes, looks like H.I. Uh, McDonough from Raising Arizona. You know, the facial hair was on point. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I just need like a funny action set piece where they have that 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 shitty trailer ceiling and he scrapes his hands on it or something like that. I needed that in this movie, maybe, maybe in the Nice Guys too. If we ever get that, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, it um picks it, it pictures the seventies pretty well in this movie as far as um, setting. They have a surprise. Jamie didn't mention they they have a Jaws two billboard pretty visibly in one of the scenes. You know. Yeah, but it's right by an Airport 77 billboard, and Jaws 2 came out in 78, and I was so confused. <laughs> oh, but yeah, great, great, great action in this movie, and uh, along with the funny stuff, like I said, when, when if you haven't seen the film, <laughs> the part where Russell Crowe is, as, as, uh, as Ryan Gosling pinned down, he breaks his arm, he breaks his, he breaks his wrist, <laughs> that scream is, is a... <laughs> It's hilarious. I, I couldn't stop laughing. And, uh, it's, it's it's a lot of fun. And uh, I, I recommend you guys watch it for, for their chemistry and the, the great bad guys and the great child actress in this film who hasn't done a ton. I think she was in The Beguiled and she just started her career. So she she's getting some roles in there. So keep a lookout for that one. And uh, I think she keep really great and stuff. And uh, that's where I'm going to leave it for, for me myself. I'm going to ask Doug, what is anything else? And what is his rating one to 10? Uh, I mean, again, it's, it, I think uh, Jamie mentioned that it didn't do that well in the theaters, which is a shame. Uh, but I, for those who might have missed it again, it's, it's only from 2016. It's pretty widely available out there. I strongly recommend checking it out. And if you enjoy that, then you're really going to love Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I'm giving it a very solid 8.5. Great. Ah, X. Everything Doug just said, hear that in your brain in my voice. I'm also giving it an 8.5. Great. Jamie. Wow, that's funny. I guess I'm just going to have to grow some testicles and jump on jump on that train. Because um, I'm going to come in at exactly the same. Sweet. The, um, the growing the testicles was so you could hear them. I would sound like that. Are they, are they dropping right now? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me hear it. There they go, right there. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I'll come in just like they did at 8.5, and I'm nailing this manly voice. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's great. It's a good time. Uh, yeah, not a lot of folks caught it, so I recommend you guys check it out. 8.5 out of 10 as well. 8.5s all around. It's a good score. It's a good score. It's a good alcohol content for your beer. Uh, it's a good a lot of things. So nice guys, uh, check it out. But um, yeah, I think we we ranked them. But I think as far as our recommendations goes, this is a better idea right here since we already scored them and everything. I'll start with Doug and ask him if you were uh, a Shane Black novice, what order would you tell folks to watch these films in? I mean, the Long Kids Goodnight is. It, it really kind of, kind of depends on the sort of films that you enjoy and the sort of films that you've been watching. If you're a big fan of 90s action movies, Long Kiss Goodnight would probably be the one to start with. But the fact is, it's probably none of these. It's probably Lethal Weapon would be the good, best starting place for just about everybody. I mean, that is a great movie, and it's very accessible, and it also gives you the the kind of interests that Shane Black has. I would say start with Lethal Weapon, go to The Nice Guys, go to Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, 
And then once you're looking for a little bit more, uh, Last Boy Scout's probably a good place to go as well. Yes. Taylor Negron is the heavy, man. You don't get that in any other movie. That's right. Rest in peace. <laughs> oh, my God. Since Doug didn't answer my question at all, Jeffrey X. Martin, what do you think, sir? No, I'm playing, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would go in the order in which that I ranked them, which would be the Long Kiss Goodnight first, and then um, the Nice Guys, and then Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie, sorry. Got lost there for a second. You just made that noise like, huh? Oh, no. No, oh, that's no. Wrong. Oh, well. No, Jamie. no, I, no. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm wrong often, so there you go. <laughs> Too many times to count, Jack. I think I would probably just go in chronological order, which also happens to be the order in which I rank them. So it would be long kiss, goodnight, kiss, kiss, bang, bang, and then nice guys. And because I agree with women a lot. I agree with Jamie uh, on her assessment of that order. So I'll stick with that. And then uh, after this, we'll have that special segment. You guys low. I'll, I'll edit that out real fast. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, we'll be right. We'll be right, uh, we'll be right back for, for a whole lot more. And to close out the show. How about in a world gone mad. As you know, the Doomsday Clock is a symbolic clock face analogizing humankind's proximity to extinction. One man must fight to survive on the global junkie of the future. You maniacs! You blew it up! Ah, damn you! God damn you all to hell! Which... Versus the Doomsday Clock is that man's story. His search for entertainment is transmitted across time and space for your listening pleasure on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and your Android device. This podcast is not fit for human consumption. Side effects include laughter, concern, nausea, vomiting, and blame for more purposes. The traditions accept our responsibility for any side effects, illness, or death range of my cause. My event guarantees with nothing, zero, zero, zip, uh, other roll, no sausage. In short, you get nothing. Nothing. Good day, sir. The following message is a paid advertisement for the Cult of Muscle podcast. The Cult of Muscle. You're either in it or you're dead. It's the dawning of a new age. The halls of Valhalla have been shuttered. The heroes of yore have either retreated to the shadows or taken to capering for the amusement of the small folk. Their past glory is a distant memory. The barbells have been torn from their once puma-strong grips. The beards shorn from their square jaws only to be transplanted onto flannel-clad, puny weaklings with fingers barely powerful enough to strum a ukulele. The time has come, my brothers to restore order from the chaos. No longer will our heroes be forgotten. No longer will their great deeds be viewed through a foggy lens of irony. Hear now our rallying cry as we scream it from the mountaintops, as we bellow it from iTunes and Libsyn and Facebook. It's time to join the cult, my brothers. So don your cloaks and enter the cult of muscle. It's Christmas. We'll give death a break this time around because I can't really think of anybody that really passed away. So we'll give we'll let Stanley rest for right now and not talk shit. I won't talk shit about him. People on this show like Stanley. I'm not a big fan. 
So no Stanley death segment this time around. But instead, I'd like to say uh, this has been a great birthday present for me because, like I said, I'm kind of a Grinch around the holidays. And I don't think uh, I would rather spend this any other time. But if we did the show on Christmas Day, I would not be opposed to it. I, I would not be opposed to it whatsoever. But, <laughs> but alas, people love families. I love families as well. I'll be spending time with Suzanne and her husband on Christmas Day. But uh, Douglas, thank you for coming on, my friend. And uh, one more time, tell the folks you have coming up on your particular programs. Well, uh, uh, dropping right on Christmas Day or perhaps on Boxing Day, depending on how things work out, will be the last episode of Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man of 2017 with with guest uh, Paul uh, Freitag Fay from DailyGrindhouse.com. We're talking about David Dakota's A Husband for Christmas, as I mentioned earlier. And our last episode of No Budget Nightmares of 2017 has already been released, covering... Boy, the name is is complex. So I'm actually going to pull it up here to make sure I don't screw it up. It is uh, Samurai Vampire Bikers from Hell. Scott Shaw's Van- Samurai Vampire Bikers from Hell from the year 1992. You can find that over at dorkshelf.com or nobudgetpodcast.com. And Eric Roberts is the fucking man is over at ericrobertsistheman.com. Very, very nice. Jamie. Uh, well, we just have the latest episode of ABC's of Hidden Horror. Um, oh, episode O came out on Tuesday. So check that out if you haven't given it a listen. We have a new Evil Episodes that just came out. <sighs> and that might be it for podcastery business. Oh, but by the way, I had to be going to the paper with my sister a couple of days this week. And we listened to ABC's The O Episode in the car, and she really enjoyed it. Oh, well, thank you very much. I enjoyed it, too, but, you know. She's not a podcast listener normally, so she likes a couple of them. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, I'll tell her you said thank you, and I will ask X what you got coming up, man. Well, you can catch Doug and myself on the next Theme Warriors episode whenever Mike Merriman gets it edited and uploaded. So, yeah, we're talking about Christmas movies from foreign countries. The Kiss the Goat fourth annual holiday extravaganza has finally been released with original music, holiday stories, and a look at the perennial Christmas classic, The Mothman Prophecies. And also, since we were talking about it a little bit earlier in the show, about the harassment things going on in Hollywood, you should know that this year's song is called Don't Show Me Your Penis for Christmas, and it's sung by Cootie. So, there you go. Is that that a request, (laughs) or can I send Cootie dick pics? Because I think she'll think it's charming coming from me, you know. Try that. (laughs) <laughs> yes, have some. Yes, have some. <laughs> anyway, those show that shows on Legion Podcasts or wherever fine podcasts are sold. Uh, you can join the case, the case. Good Lord, Kiss the Goat Facebook group, and you can follow us on Twitter at KTG Podcast. But seriously, though, I'm, I'm much like you know, in the most un, one of the more underrated Adam Sandler films, you don't mess with the Zohan. It's not about the piece; it's about the bush. You know, the bush is there, so it's it's. Well, watch the film first. It's, it's kind of funny to me. I don't know what it is. Button on a fur coat? Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, me, the show you're listening to now, which, you know, by the time you listen to this, I think you're going to get three episodes out in a very short time, including this one out on Christmas Day. So I'm really rolling on the editing process. X edited one for me. I said, X, you know the cues, right? He said, yeah. Well, here's this one that's really wonky, and I apologize for, for the choppy, um, excuse me, audio on the last couple episodes. That's not X's fault. That's my stupid computer's fault. And uh, 
Yeah, I, I apologize for that. But um, and uh, yeah, I have a new computer now that uh, Santa and the birthday gods brought me for for for, for that and my 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 little bonus from my boss and uh, it's good stuff. It's working really well right now, so that's rocking. So we have any more, any more glitchy shows. If we do, it's Skype's fault, people. And uh, yeah, blame Skype. Blame Skype. Blame Skype. Damn it! This is uh, this is how that that net neutrality bullshit starts. See, you're messing with my Skype, man. You know, goddamn free services. Oh my god. But uh, yeah, two drink minimum commentaries will be coming back in the new year. Uh, with with a, with a vengeance, I'm, I'm hoping to do some public domain stuff so I can make some video commentaries. And release them publicly on the Legion feed for you guys to check out. There's lots of good public domain stuff out there that we can include a video with. So I'm looking forward to watching some cheesy shit and watching it with my friends like like you should, you know. And uh, I like to thank uh, say thank you to to my my awesome co-hosts and more than co-hosts. They're they're my they're my friends and uh, my brother, my sister. It's good. It's good stuff. And I. I wouldn't have uh, I wouldn't be half the same as I am without them. So that's that's the best gift that they can ever give me for 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 anything is is their friendship and how important it is to me. And uh, I'm getting really sentimental, but you know I got to a little bit around the holidays, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I love these guys, and I love I love creating with them. So I hope you guys are digging where we're laying down. By the way, I'm gonna Jamie Sammons that said Jamie Jenkins is at the end of the show. I rewatched Can't Stop the Music Willis because I know you're listening, okay? And I know you love that movie so so much. We did we did give it glowing reviews if I remember correctly. And uh you did get a small portion of Macho Man when that guy's ripping his clothes up in the blue speedo. You get a small portion, and not a lot, but you know, you get a little bit. But that milkshake is so sweet, man. I'm gonna leave that there. But <laughs> next episode, not sure what it's gonna be. <clears throat> I think that um we'll finally knock out that snake episode with uh Suzanne coming back. I know Jamie's excited about that one. Suzanne coming back. She she likes recording with her. And uh I do. Even better. We're, we're even better. Even more even somebody else that Jamie likes that we all like too. Uh Richard Glenn Schmidt from Hello This Is the Doom Show. Yay! We'll be coming on Yay! that show as well. I think he's afraid of me. <laughs> well you did explore Oh my god. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> That's another episode. <laughs> Why would he be afraid of you? You like sending like weird pictures, like weird cryptic. No, pictures? no, no, no. But I talk a lot. Like I'm all the time. Like I'm, I'm every. I'm listening to like if I listen to an episode. Well, and X, you've gotten like messages from me when I listen to <laughs> Kiss the Goat, and I just send these random ass messages in the middle of the night because I work third shift. So <laughs> it'll be like four o'clock in the morning, and you know you'll get something like you know you know um. You know, I can't. Yes, her. Yes, her accent was shitty in that movie, and you know she's from Georgia. You know, just <laughs> random shit like that. And <laughs> I do that to Richard, and he's probably like, "What the fuck? What?" <laughs> did you see the post that I put up in your honor based on the last show we did? I, I did. <laughs> I, did. I, I always say stuff like. Yeah, when well, you did that review, X, I, I, I called that Jane says uh, Jane's addiction uh, thing a, a mile away. You know, 
Shane says she's loving Sergio. You know, I, I call that. He, he's going to say this. I know he's going to, you know. <laughs> That's how in sync we are. It's kind of gross, you know. But um, I will leave it at that. We, we talked a lot. <laughs> the show is going to go past. Remember, folks, uh, Merry Christmas. Well, whatever denomination you are, Merry whatever it is. Uh, Chinese New Year when it happens. Merry w- whatever. Yes, yes. But if ever, always here at the Sin Beef Podcast, you've got, if you've got the beef, we've got the grinder. We'll see you guys next time.